Good morning, everybody. Uh, happy Resurrection Sunday. Amen. Uh, before we jump into the message this morning, I just want to make a quick announcement. Uh, Emma's Kitchen, literally right below us right now in the uh, food court at Waikoloa Highland uh, Super, uh, Supermarket or Shopping Center, uh, sorry, <laughs> is, um, is offering free meals or uh, breakfast uh, to go uh, starting at about 1035, so right after the service until uh, till about noonish or supplies last. So they wanted to bless the community and uh, their way of giving back for those that are in need. So if you're nearby, Come by and pick some uh, breakfast bentos to go, okay? Thank you, Emma and Foylan. We just want to say that what a blessing you've been to the community. Amen. Um, let me dig into this message, but uh, before I do, let's pray over the word. Uh, Lord, we just thank you. Thank you that you left us your spoken word, Father. Your written word for us to, to delve into who you are and who you can be in our lives, Lord. For your promises, Lord Jesus, for the, for the things that you've given us that, um, that will help us through times just like that we're going through right now as a world, as a country. So we dig into it right now to remember just who you are, King of Kings, the risen King this day. Amen. Amen. You know, I was, um, I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and we talked about this weekend or this day specifically, and Today, as the world knows it, I guess if you will, uh, most of the world knows today as Easter Sunday. Someone made a statement uh, to me recently and saying, hey, with all the shelter and home and personal isolation, all that ordinance that's going on, uh, we won't be able to celebrate Easter this year. And it actually made me think for a second just how far we've come from understanding what this day is really all about. So today... We have a chance to strip away all of the frills and the decorations uh, of this holiday and remember just how special and significant this day is. And for the first time in hundreds of years, Jesus doesn't have to share the spotlight with a rabbit. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. Um, but what I want to do is I want to dig into what that looks like for us today. You know, part of the world has been celebrating the Passover this past uh, week. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that and how it relates to us today. I really feel that there's a need to know before we jump into the study of Passover. Because in that study of Passover, they talk about the lamb and how it was sacrificed to cover our sins. But I want you to know right off the bat that in John 1, a statement is made by John the Baptist as Jesus gets baptized. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So as we go into the, to, to learning a little bit about Passover, I want you to keep that in mind that we're really speaking about Jesus. He came, died that we might live. See, Passover is just a story foretelling Jesus' sacrifice, his way of redemption for us over 2,000 plus years ago on Calvary's cross. The story that we're going to look into, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Exodus 12. I'm going to read a few um, scriptures and, and follow along uh, if you have your Bibles with you. Uh, but I want to give a little bit of content before we get there. So up until this point, if you know uh, the Bible or if you don't, uh, basically it's Moses. It's about Moses. And so he goes and he leaves Egypt. Basically he was exiled from Egypt. And he finds God in the mountains. And after some time spending with the Lord, the Lord decides to send Moses back to Egypt. And because he, he wants his people to be with him. 
The Father's heart is always about bringing his people near him in fellowship. And so he says to Moses, he said, I'm going to send you back. I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go so that they can come and serve me. That's found in uh, Exodus 4.23. And, and so he, he says, Lord, help me that I can do this for you. So as he goes through this, he's now going to the Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, the Lord has come to me and he's told me that you need to let his people go so they can go to the mountain and fellowship and serve the Lord. And you know what? Guess what the Pharaoh said? He said, let me think about this. Uh, no, my answer is no. Yeah. So that unleashed the 10 plagues on Egypt because Pharaoh said, no, I'm not letting them go. We need them to do all the things we need them to do. They're my slaves. And, 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 and from that point on, plague after plague after plague came about until eventually the last plague was in place. And so I want to start off in verse 5 of chapter 12. I'm going to read the scripture first, and I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit a little, uh, and share what, what's on my heart on that. So verse 5 says this, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses where they, where they eat. Verse 8 says this, Then they shall eat the flesh of the, of that, on that night, roast it in the fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs, they shall, they shall eat it. Do not eat it raw, nor boil it with any water, but roast it in the fire. Its, its head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Verse 11. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, with sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste, it says. It is the Lord's Passover. Verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you. And when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day, yes, this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. That last verse in verse 14 basically says, we need to remember what happened on that evening. What they're speaking of in this, this, uh, these verses that I just read is really the last plague, the tenth plague, where uh, the firstborn will be struck down. And so what I wanted to do is kind of take us through this now and share what's been on my heart about on these scripture verses. You see, in verse 5 through 7, he talks about killing the lamb putting its blood on the doorposts of the doorway of your home on the outside and, and also on the top, the lintel of the, the door frame. So it's covered and marked with its blood so that when the destroyer comes through, he'll know that it is covered by the blood of the lamb. 
That's important. I want you to get this, right? So if you're painting the doorpost with his blood, one, two, and on the top, it forms the shape of a cross. There's a significance about Christ's sacrifice on the cross in Calvary there. Verse 8 through 11, and it says, prepare the meal in your homes and dress like you're ready to leave. You know, don't, don't just get comfortable, but have a staff in your hand, get dressed, put your belt on, get ready to travel. And 12 to 13, it talks about the destroyer coming through the city. So I want to talk about that right now. The first thing I want to speak on is the word application. The application of Passover. What, what does all of that have to do with us now? Well, let's start with verse 13. When I see, and this is God speaking, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you. It's huge. When God sees the blood, he will pass over you, and the plague shall not destroy you. Interesting, right? We're all kind of shut in our homes just like they were thousands of years ago in their homes. They couldn't come outside except to put the blood on their doorframe. Once that was done, they had to stay in their homes, and there was a plague that was going around to kill the firstborn. We're all shut in our homes right now because there's a little bug doing damage out there, and people are dying from it. It's kind of like a modern-day plague, if you will. But let me go into this. When I see, those words kind of struck me. See, it, it's giving instructions about what to do as far as covering your home with the blood of the Lamb. Now, I want you to get something. In Revelations 3.20, Jesus says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He wants to do your heart. For those of you that don't know him as Savior, he wants to cover you as well in this time. He's waiting for you to let him in. And in doing so, if you accept him as Savior, you get to then paint his blood upon the doors of your heart. So nothing can touch you. Nothing can destroy you. No evil will befall you, if you will. And here's a great thing. I want you to get a picture of this, right? There's these homes with the blood on the doorframe and all the people on the inside. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter who's on the inside if they're covered by the blood of Christ. There's a lot of people that are murderers or, or, or thieves or as simple as this. We all carry some shame or sin, but the blood of Jesus covers that. See, when that happened, it, he, he, kept, he covered our sins so God the Father doesn't see it anymore. He passes over us in judgment. Some of us have done some things in our life that we're ashamed of. Adultery, whatever it is, pornography. You know, that has grown crazy since we've all been shut in. I think the, the latest statistic is that because we're all stuck in our homes and our computers, that's grown by 30%. And the Lord wants to deliver you from these things. But the only way to do that is to come under his blood. And it's no different from those that are, are, are saved. We, we need the blood of Christ always upon us and our hearts. Here's the thing. We need to apply the blood. When I say application of Passover, that's what it is. We need to actually go through the preparing of this. So the instructions say go and, and create a meal for dinner. But in doing so, you're going to sacrifice a lamb and take the blood and put it on the door. Somebody has to actually do that. I wrote here in my notes that a lot of times we go through the process of preparing a meal. We cook the lamb, we, we do the, uh, the herbs, and uh, we, we uh, put the bread out, the unleavened bread. It's, it's a great pot blessing, if you will. 
but sometimes we just forget to go outside and put the blood on the door. Our lives, we can do that in ministry as well. We get so caught up in doing ministry and all these different things, and we just forget to do with the most important piece. We can do all the things we want to do, but if we don't put the blood on the door, then nothing covers it. So can I encourage you today that one thing we want to do is keep ourselves covered in his blood. That's the application. The other part of it is this. As people walked through the streets or they were out there doing this, there were other people who, that looked around and saw whose homes were covered. They said, oh, they, they're covered with the blood. They're covered with the blood. That church is covered with the blood of Christ. Do people see your home, your lives, your heart as someone who's covered in the blood of Christ? Here's something that's very, very important. There is life in the blood of Christ. There's also power in that. It gives you authority over things because you move in faith in him. So I leave you with that question. What do people see when they look at the doors of your heart, your life? The next point I want to cover is the expectation of Passover. Verse 11. And thus you shall eat it with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. I love this picture. So you got a picture. They're on the inside of their homes. Uh, they've painted the doorway, and they're in there preparing a meal for each other and so forth. And, but they're told, don't get comfortable. Dress up. Get ready to leave. It wasn't just a matter of just get dressed up for dinner. No, they had their staff in one hand, and they were eating with the other. They were girded up, and they had their sandals on their feet. And, and it was, Normally, they don't eat with the sandals on their feet. They're kind of like us Hawaiians. We, we take our shoes off, and we go in the house. But this time the Lord said, get prepared to leave. Get prepared. And what I love about this is this. When I say expectation of Passover, what they were doing is that they were eating with the expectation of deliverance. They were ready. They knew that God was going to deliver them. They believed in it so much that they were dressed and ready to go. It was a mindset shift, uh, mindset shift that you and I need to grab onto as well. See, they were slaves for 400-plus years, and that's all they knew. They didn't know that they would be freed one day. They lived every day as a slave. They didn't even know what to think about what freedom looked like. But that night, they began to believe. They began to grab onto the hope, and they knew, after nine other plagues that went through, that they saw the mighty hand of God, they knew with a confidence that they were going to be delivered. So can we live in that expectation of deliverance. For those of us who are stuck in things that need deliverance from it, can we live with that expectation of deliverance? How are we getting through all of this, this, this season of COVID and the virus and everything else? You know, a lot of us, we need to shift our, 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 our minds a bit and, and, and go from fear to resting in his perfect love. Go from anxiousness in his time to casting the, our cares upon him. We need to shift our mindset to saying, I want this to be done. Instead of saying that, say, Lord, what do you want to get done in me during this time? It's a mindset shift. If we can do that in this time, we'll have a different perspective of what we're going through. And we'll allow God to deliver us and make changes in our life and set the new norm for us when this season is passed. They had the confidence of God's salvation. You know, when I thought about this, I, I thought about the picture of them eating in there. 
And uh, some of us are old enough to remember this movie. Remember the Ten Commandments by Cecil Bill DeMille, uh, DeMille's? Uh, for those of you who are younger, yeah, you can laugh at us old people, I know. But it was Charlton Heston. And honestly, when I was a kid and I saw this movie, I was like, wow, he is Moses. And the picture they had at the time was that they were in the home and they were preparing the meal and so forth. And, 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 and even though they were eating the meal, and I think that well, we'll get to this when we get to heaven. I'm going to find out what really happened. They kind of portrayed it as like, a, oh, I'm scared or things are going on, on the outside and so forth. But I actually looked at it as kind of a different picture that they've seen the, the provisions of God. They've seen his protection over these last plagues. They knew that they were covered by the blood of Christ, and they had nothing to worry about. And he brought the scripture to mind in Psalms 23, 5. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Isn't that interesting that God can prepare a table for you to dine and enjoy yourself, even though there's things around you that want to cause you harm, that in that we get to just enjoy our time because why? We're in the Father's hands. We don't have to worry or be anxious or have fear. He's got us. So can I encourage you? Live in expectation of deliverance and know that He has you. The last point I have is this. D for deliverance of, in deliverance in Passover. Deliverance in Passover. You know, when I was thinking about what to write on this, a song came to mind, and believe it or not, it's not a Christian song. It's that song that goes, I rise up. I rise unafraid, I rise up. I love those statements, those words. That's exactly what he was saying in Exodus 12, 31, 32. And, and so Pharaoh experiences all of this, and the last plague takes place. He loses his son, and he calls for Moses and Aaron. And it says, the scripture goes this way. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise, go out from among my people. Basically, he was saying, Get out. Both you and the children of Israel, go serve the Lord as you have said. Also, take your flocks and your herds, and as you said, and be gone. And bless me also. That's kind of cool. So what he was saying, Pharaoh was saying, was like, I, I, I've had enough. I give in. Uh, just get out. Rise up and leave me. So what I did with this next level, I caught on to the certain key words in here. And it might be on your screen, but it's rise, go, serve, then bless. He said, rise, go, go, serve, and then bless. So I want to cover that real quickly with you. The first word is rise. It's time. As, as Christ is our risen king today, and if we know him as savior in our lives, guess what we get to do? We get to rise up. Even in this situation, this season, we get to rise up. And how do we do that? Because we're locked indoors. Uh, well, this is how you do it. You rise in faith. You rise in praise. You rise in prayer. You rise in peace. Let peace settle in your homes. Worship Him. Praise Him in your homes. You rise in joy, even though it doesn't seem like a time to have it. That's exactly when you should have it, because God is in you. Rise up. Rise up. I know a lot of you are reaching out to all of your friends on Instagram and, and, and Facebook and all that, rise up in those. Be words of encouragement to them. Show them how that you, have no, uh, that you have, are covered by the blood and that God has you. Rise up. The second word is go. Go. Go to me was now you're leaving Egypt was a place of slavery for you. Now he wants you to go. What that means is you have now a new culture to set. 
You're no longer a slave, right? But you now will become a servant of God. Did you get that? No longer a slave to man and the world and all this, but now you're going to go into a place of being in relationship with God and serve him. So we need to begin to change our culture, our, our, our thinking, the way we look at things. So I wrote here, rise, go, go for a walk. <laughs> Simple as that. It doesn't have to be so spiritual, but renew your health. I wrote there, go gather your family and do church at home, just like you're doing now. You know, when some people don't come to church with you, this is a great opportunity to say, hey, let's sit down and pray together. Let's sit down and watch the service. Let's go to church in our own living rooms. Let's shut off all the distractions in this time. Let's turn the phones and everything else off. Let's focus on, on God. So when I say that, I'm saying renew or create a new family culture. Go pray for each other online, on the phone. Call your friends up who you've never talked to in a long time and begin to say, how are you doing? They might be struggling through depression in this time, whatever else it is, or addictions. Pray with them. Rise up. Change your culture. And, and by saying, I'm not ashamed. I saw this thing on YouTube yesterday. There's a young lady who said, I decided in this time when this is all over, what I want to re be remembered for is that I stood firm in my faith. Can we do that? She said these words. She goes, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Change that culture in your mind. Don't put that, your, your Christian person, who you are, your identity, behind who you were in the world before. Change your culture. Go and make things right. If there is some outstanding offense with somebody, renew your relationships. These are things you can do over the phone, over FaceTime, over Zoom, whatever it is. Take the time now to do this. Make things right. The third word, serve. How do I serve in this time? Well, I remember I said earlier, we're no longer slaves. I love that song. We're no longer slaves to fear. We're no longer slaves, but we're servants of God. And I came with a scripture, Galatians 5.13. It says this, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's, that's as great as that can be. God came, Jesus came to earth to serve us. He wants us in turn to serve others in love, in whatever way you can. It could be as simple as an elderly person nearby that can't make it to the store, but you can. So you'll give a call and say, hey, do you need anything? I'll, I'll, let me do some shopping for you. If you make extra meals uh, for yourself and there's too much, maybe you can give it to somebody who's starving down the street. There are families in need. There were families in need before this virus. Trust me, those families are in more need now. And this is time for us as a church to become essential and not shut-ins. That we can reach out, even virtually, and call somebody and say, look, we have resources at the church. We have, there's a food bank situation. There's different things that people can do. Emma's Kitchen, who is now giving meals out. We can be an essential church in this time. Don't let the enemy create us to be so divided that we do not have an effective force for the kingdom. So serve. Serve. Bless is the last word. Bless. Now, this is Pharaoh saying, get out of here. Go to your God. Go serve him. But before you leave, do me a favor. He says, bless me. Because I've seen what your God can do. And I want that power to come and bless me. I think that's so awesome that we get to bless the things, uh, people around us. But here's the other piece. As you read on in that, in verse 31, it says that 
the Egyptians, the people wanted the, 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 the Israelites to just be gone so badly. They said, just take whatever you want. Take my silver. Take, take whatever you want. Just go or we'll die. Their lives were more important than, than the things that they had. So they wanted them to just leave. You will be blessed if you do these things. Rise, go, serve, and you'll be blessed. I'll close here, and I'll just ask the worship team to come on up while I finish up here. Here's the correlation. Today is the day that we commemorate the resurrection of Jesus, that he rose and conquered the grave. He became our Passover lamb. He became the lamb that, whose blood was shed on Calvary's cross. And you know what's interesting is the only thing you need to do is just believe. John 3.16 says this, and that the Father sent His only Son, His one and only Son, to die for us, to conquer the grave, that, that, so that we won't have to die, that we could live eternally with Him. And it does, it doesn't, that's not something that happens after you die, but it begins here on earth. Your eternal salvation begins the moment you say, yes, Jesus, come into my heart. And all you have to do, you can't pay for it. You can't do anything to perform for it. All you need to do is just say, I believe. I believe that he did that. I believe that his love was so immeasurable for me that it wasn't the nails that kept him on that cross. It was love, his love for you. And then when you do that, your heart will be covered by his love, by his blood, and nothing can hurt you. Here's the thing. If we all know this is a fact, we're all going to die one day. But Scripture says there's two deaths that we need to be concerned about. One is a physical death. The next one is our souls. In Revelations 21, 8, it says this, that those who don't believe will experience a second death. I want so much for you to know this, that Jesus loves you so much, that if you know him as Savior this day, that the reason why we celebrate today, if you receive him, then you'll understand why we celebrate him today, why Passover is so important, because he became the lamb that died for our sins, died for the sins that we've done, the sins that we're going to do, and the things that we, in the future that we don't know about. Because his love for us is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It covers us eternally. And you know what? There's a lot of... We can look at all the facts of history. We can look at the laws of the Bible and so forth. And that's religion. But what changes religion to relationship, and really that's the heart of the Father, is this. Is by asking one question. Why did he do it? Why? Why did, why did Jesus do it? That's when it becomes relational and not just knowledge and facts. So can I ask you to ask yourself that question? Why did you do it, Jesus? And the answer will always be because he loved you so much. Because he loved you so much. No matter what situation you're in or where you are in your life or what you've done, the blood covers whatever it's covering. So no sin that you've done is greater than his power of love over you. I'm going to end with that scripture. John 3, 16. 
God loved you so much that he gave his only son to take your place and bear your sins. And if, and if you believe in him, ask him for forgiveness to come into your heart, then you'll be placed in a relationship with the Father for all eternity starting today. This could be your birth date in heaven. So I'm going to lead us into a salvation mess, uh, prayer. And I'd like for those of you who'd like to be able to say, yeah, I, I, I want to understand why. I, I need to know Jesus because I'm struggling with so many different things in my life from abuse or, or things that happened in my past, whatever it is, or the things I'm doing now in my, my addictions, whatever it is, I, I'd like you to know the reason we celebrate today. So I want you to pray with me this prayer. Close your eyes in your homes. It's only so that the person who is wanting to receive Jesus today doesn't feel awkward that others are going to look around and see him or her. So give and respect that time. So pray with me, those who want to. Step out in faith and say these words. Dear Jesus, please forgive me. I really want to know just why you love me. I want to be able to know this new life, this new culture in you. I want to know you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for the wrongs I've done. And let me re receive you as my King. My Lord my Savior. Let my relationship with you begin today. In your name, Jesus, I say amen. Now, if you receive Jesus as your Savior and you want to know a little bit more about what that means in these next steps, please call us, text us, uh, and let us know. We'd love to reach out to you and pray with you and give you resources so that you can move on so that this time next year, you're going to be with us. He is a risen king. He's a Lord of lords. And your life will be changed forever. Begin that new culture, that mindset shift it right now. And know that he loves you. Amen. Amen.